Howdy folks, Josh here. Just wanted to break in before the episode to let you know that the same audio issues that destroyed our last episode affected this one as well. We have the issue with Scott's mic figured out going forward, but if you're wondering why he sounds kind of tinny this episode, that's why. Thanks for understanding and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Stupid Sequence, the show where we make drink lists of things that don't matter because arguing with your friends is fun. I'm your host, Josh. And I am your host, Scott. Uh, We're going to start with a quick summary of what the show is. The goal of each episode is to create a ranked list of something, usually media related. Scott and I will pick a topic before the show and each come prepared to the list of ten. Uh, we're, we're doing, we're getting a little ambitious this week. Uh, it was, we're going to talk about the top 10 video game soundtracks. So we're kind of getting a little different with how we're arranging the show. Um, so we're going to start by talking about kind of some honorable mentions, and then we're just going to dive right into going 10 to one on our respective lists. We're also going to be playing music live on the show from uh the the specific tracks that we're talking about wow we must be prepared yeah so this is the other thing we did differently is it's normally scott and i don't look at each other's lists before the show to kind of save thoughts and discussions reactions for the show itself but it's really hard to argue about music you've never heard before (laughs) so we're uh we we are familiar with what each other has chosen we've listened to things ahead of time Although, to and be fair, nine out of ten of the things on my list you have heard or listened to previously. That's true. One of them I could have assumed had music, but I couldn't have told you for sure. Uh, we'll get to that, though. I think mine might have a few things on it that you've, you're, you've never played. Several, yes. Got a wide variety going on here today. Uh, one of the things, one of the things I noticed uh, coming into this week's episode is this episode was just re- basically a really good excuse to get to listen to a lot of really good music. There's some great stuff on here. There are there are soundtracks on here that I have just listened to simply because I was feeling nostalgic for a game mm-hmm. and wanted to listen to that music, but definitely get into that more. Absolutely. Well, Scott, why don't we kick things off here? Oh, I guess, real quick, before we do that, uh, if, if you haven't listened to the show before, we are going to argue at the end of this about what's our, uh, what, do, what do we think the best is? What, what's going to be on our top tens, like we do in most episodes? So I'm excited for that. For that. I, I think you've got some strong contenders, ones that I've never heard before prior to this, and I'm looking forward to uh, discussing. Yeah, and looking at your list, like like we mentioned, I've I've listened to most of this stuff before. You have a lot of very good choices on here. We have no yeah. duplicates. Yeah, no duplicates. Maybe only the second time ever we've had no duplicates. I was kind of surprised. I expected at least one of the ones on my list to show up on hmm. yours, but well, we'll have to cover that as we get there. All right. Well, why don't we start then? with any honorable mentions that you might have, things you really like, just didn't quite make the list. Sure, and I have five honorable mentions, none of which appear on your list either. 
yes. I'm just uh, looking here. So the the first is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It was tough to pick just one Sonic the Hedgehog game because also 3 has really good music and Spinball, but I chose 2. 2 is the one with the best soundtrack for sure. Yeah, it was close for me. But Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist of the Roses, a game that I played so many times. I used the music when I was trying to do a mini golf um thing uh, it's complicated I, I won't get into the details but anyway i used it in real life it was fun next i have dynamite heady i don't know if you've ever played this game it was on the sega but really really I good don't know music. that i know what this is dynamite heady yeah the two d's looks like yes huh. look it up it's a weird looking so, guy yes he is he throws his head and gains abilities and it's kind of like a kirby light but anyway then we have Dark Cloud, which okay. was, you know, kind of like a Zelda knockoff, but really, really good game. Played it a lot. Has some strong tracks, but... PlayStation? Yep, for PlayStation 2. And then finally I have Breath of the Wild. And it's an honorable mention because I did not play this game as much as I would have liked to. Um, it is on my list of things to do. What I did here, I really enjoyed. And so I have a feeling that if I had played through the whole thing, it might be higher on my list, but I can't in good faith put it higher on the list without having heard of it. So. Sure. It's uh, very different than your regular Zelda soundtrack. Very piano-driven. Mm-hmm. What, what, uh, what about you? What's on your honorable mention list? Well, uh, as, as always, we try to maintain a rule when we're making these lists, try to make them more interesting, of only one item per franchise, generally. If I hadn't, um, most of my list would probably be um, Final Fantasy and Zelda games, so uh, those are two honorable mentions here, just those as franchises individually. We're going to hear about specific ones that do make my top ten once we get there, but uh, for Final Fantasy specifically, uh, 6 and 14 are excellent. Zelda, uh, Ocarina of Time, and Breath of the Wild, again, very, very good standouts there. The uh, Mario franchise as well, very consistently great music. I think notable standouts for me are Mario 2 and Mario, Super Mario World. Uh, other things, uh, Near Automata, Personas, both 4 and 5, Donkey Kong Country series, Hyper Light Drifter, Hollow Knight, Doom 2016, Celeste, Axiom Verge, and Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery EP. Okay. All great soundtracks but yeah, not, some good not quite enough juice for me to make my top 10 that's kind of where i was at with mine it's a good good reason though several of those for me were like oh yeah this will definitely make the list and then all of a sudden my list is like 30 games long and it's like oh i gotta cut this down yeah it turns out there are a number of games i think that if i were to play them i would fall in love with the music just as much and feel that nostalgia and, and that embrace for the overall game be immersed you know but mm-hmm. it's again with the excuses I, I just haven't played as many games and i don't have as many to pull from here but i feel like the ones that i do have are very strong contenders so i'm excited to have this conversation absolutely all right scott why don't we get started with uh, your number 10 Sure, my number 10 is Guitar Hero 3. That's quite a game. A lot of good music in that game. 
I think the one song for me that stands out is Through the Fire and the Flames. So let's, uh, l let me just say here real quick, Guitar Hero 3 was not my first Guitar Hero game, but it certainly became the one that I played the most and helped influence a lot of my song preferences still to this day. Through the Fire and the Flames was the song that I obsessed over in that set list, but there were many more that were phenomenal songs, like Absolutely. One by Metallica, Sunshine of Your Love by Cream, LaGrange from ZZ Top, The Metal by Tenacious D, of course you can't kill the metal, Stricken by Disturbed, and The Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. I mean, there's just, there's so many good ones, I, I don't have enough time to mention them all. Some all-time classics of rock and roll. The reason, though, that this is my number 10 and not higher, I felt like it was almost cheating. Having a collection of so many just strong, well-known songs compiled for me, I wanted to put them on this list, but I, I couldn't in good faith put them higher on my list, even though I'm sure I listen to these songs more than I listen to any of the other ones that are on my list. But... It's a little bit different. So, yeah, that's why it's my number 10. I think you've chosen correctly with Through the Fire and the Flames as the standout song there. It's kind of legendarily difficult in the early Guitar Hero uh, games anyway. You and I both played a lot of lot of this series in high school, and, and this is one that I oh, personally yeah. was kind of a white whale of mine. It took me a very long time to be able to beat because it's really hard. Yeah, it is. I, you know, have videos on YouTube of me playing so that's probably oh gosh they're probably 15 years old at this point yeah that's about that's right. a little scary <laughs> but anyway that's why guitar hero 3 number 10 what do you got for your number 10 my number 10 is a very unusual game called uh trousers now, Loop Trousers is particularly important to me. Kicks ass, honestly. It's the only game I know of that has a fully modular soundtrack. It's an arcade plane shooter where you choose your weapon, plane body, and engine each run that you make, and then you modif and then each of those choices modifies the drum track, the melody, and the backing track of the music every run that you make. Which is really unique and interesting. <laughs> And then don't get me started on the extremely hype battle theme that it slips into partway through each run before going back into the module part. Just does a really great job of hyping you up and uh, getting you getting you into the the combat as you're shooting down enemy planes as you're going through. Just a really neat game. It's a catchy song. That's uh, that's my number ten. This song could be a medium tempo song in an electronic dance hall. Well, and it, and and it generally keeps this consistent tempo, even as you slot other drum beats and stuff. But it, it the 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 type of beat and everything gets uh, it changes up. But yeah, I I love this game. It's very very fun, very easy to come back to over and over again. And uh, the the constantly shifting music that matches what you are choosing to do in the game is part of what makes it so special to me. Sure, it's great, good song. Now let's jump over to number nine on my list. I'm going to keep this uh, party rolling since we're doing 10 to 1 this week. <clears throat> so number nine on my list is Sid Meier's Civilization V, specifically 
Brave New World because they changed the opening song during the Brave New World expansion. So this is one I saw on your list, and I saw that pers- uh, that sorry that Civilization Five is on your list. And I, went, I played a lot of Civilization Five. I did not actually play the Brave New World expansion at all. So this this track was actually new to me. I thought I knew what it, what you had chosen, and it is a different one. No, this this song, the Brave New World intro is it's beautiful, yet haunting and somehow fills me with excitement because it means there's potential for me to build a new civilization. And this, when I hear this music, I'm ready. I'm ready to start from scratch and to make something new. So as you play against various civilizations, you get to know some of the other themes for each of the countries. And there are some really good ones, but there are two specifically that I wanted to mention here, and that is Attila, when you're at war, Attila's war theme is amazing. Scary as hell. And you know you're about to die. And then King Kamehameha, his war theme is also very good. So somehow they were able to take some traditional Hawaiian instruments and and turn it into something scary. I mean, you don't normally think of that in a, a war kind of sense, but Maybe after Moana, people think it more like that, but it's very cool. Yeah, the especially the more recent Civilization games have done a really good job kind of taking world music and adapting it into a video game format in a way that I think works really well. That, you know, it's not really part of the music, but combined with the voice for the Civilization games, I think his name is uh, William Morgan Shepard, uh, rest in peace, he, he just makes this so good. His voiceover as it enters over this music phenomenal will you build a civilization stand test of time maybe yeah it depends am i about to get attacked after five turns by barbarians okay anyway dang dang gandhi (laughs) Ah. anyway what's your number nine my number nine is uh, I forgot to mention the composer of the previous game. Uh, Lutrauser is composed by uh, Jukio Kalio. Don't know if I'm saying that name right. A unusual to my ear. But uh, anyway, my number nine, uh, this is Journey, the soundtrack to Journey from Austin Wintory. So Journey is a very emotionally important game to me. Um, and, and, and it's resonant in a way that it couldn't possibly be without its absolutely phenomenal soundtrack. The game itself is really a metaphor for living life itself and kind of the different time periods we go through in life. Uh, my favorite track, Apotheosis, which you're hearing right now, uh, re- kind of represents death and rebirth onward and just... My first time playing through this game just hit me a real emotional gut punch as it kind of crescendos into the uh, into the, the kind of main melodic part of the theme here. And I just really had, really had a fantastic time with both the game and the soundtrack and something I revisit a lot. It is really beautiful. I feel like this is one of those games where I, I almost have to be playing it to really appreciate sure how the music 
influences the way I'm feeling while I'm playing it. Yeah, and it's only a three-hour game, so um, it's a quick experience for a game, you know, and and really, uh, I, I this is something that I recommend to people who don't play video games as just a really special thing to go through. Only three hours, you say? I can spare three hours occasionally. Yeah, Journey, now we're number nine. Very good soundtrack. Uh, what's your number eight? Number eight, okay. My number eight is Pokemon Red slash Blue slash Yellow. Composer is Junichi Masuda. So, even with the limitations of 8-bit sound, this game somehow managed to have some very specific sequences that, while repetitive, were never off-putting. This battle sequence in particular stands out because it is played so many times during the course of gameplay, and yet, we never tire of it. Even hearing it now, like, I'm ready for battle. I know what this song sound means. I'm, I can visually see every little thing that I'm doing. I can also hear the sound effects playing in my mind as I'm doing, listening to this, this music. Now, beyond this, and there's so many other really strong ones, but the Viridian Forest, which is one of the first forests you encounter, also has a really strong, because you're finally, like, venturing out, and it's dark, and it's like, wow, we're, you know, this is me, I'm on my own, I'm, I'm starting to go on an adventure, and, you know, eight, nine, ten-year-old me was like, this is amazing. And then one other one, Lavender Town, the ghost town so creepy and eerie and they were able to achieve that using only the 8-bit music I, I i just think that in itself is phenomenal speaks for itself here and this music's still iconic i don't know that they've really changed a ton over the years of course i haven't played most of the newer games but i have a confession to make about pokemon and music in general oh and how they're linked so my time with pokemon games early on was spent primarily like on like car trips and stuff like that where i wasn't allowed to have the to sound on, on mute. As oh. to, so i i never made a connection with the pokemon music people swear by it that series having some of the best video game music and i just never had a connection to any of it because i never listened to any of it while i was playing sure yeah that's fair that's fair you still yeah. played so i'll give you a pass let me tell you about but... pokemon emerald that's a game and this doesn't beat this music. It's so good. Uh, but what about you? What's your number eight? My number eight is one of my absolute favorite games of all time. This is Metroid Prime. Uh, composers on that is Kenji Yamamoto and Koichi Kiyuma. So, Metroid Prime to me is the game the the one video game that sounds the most like sci-fi to me sci-fi as a genre uh, whether it's many of the games more tense tracks like some of the boss fight themes or the menu theme uh, another good standout one's the space pirates main theme or it's so it's so it's that those tracks are very representative of sci-fi to me but also in the game's more laid back and relaxing ambient themes uh, what you're hearing right now, I think, is the best representation of that uh, as my favorite track on the soundtrack, uh, the Fendrana Drifts theme. It's a, kind of a snowy area in the game, and you get a little bit more piano melody and kind of some ambient synths and everything that really kind of lends itself to that, that kind of atmosphere. 
It does yeah. sound like snow or ice. Actually, some of the elements that I'm hearing here, I think we're going to hear again later. Interesting. Right? Well, we'll have to see that when we get there. For now, that's my number eight, Metroid Prime. Scott, what do you got for your number seven? Number seven, a game you've never played. Super Mario 64. The composer is Koji Kondo. Hey, I've absolutely played this game. Yeah, no surprise there. So this might be one of the most recognizable soundtracks simply from the broad appeal and exposure throughout the years. And they took some of the really classic Mario songs from the NES and SNES and and made them even stronger, giving anyone who hears them pretty much instant nostalgia. Do you recognize the level that this song comes from? Well, the uh, the title of the track uh, is right in front of me, which is the... Uh, uh, Lethal uh, Lava Land. Yes, Lethal but Lava it Land is also used in the sand level. Oh, you're right. The Shifting Sands. They did reuse some of the tracks, but yeah, this one in particular I think was one of my favorites. It's just... I think that's a little bit of a sitar in the back. It's just a it's just a really strong track. But this Mario combined 64, with like Mario 64 in general, uh very unique sounding game soundtrack. My the standout one to me is uh Dire Dire Docks for sure. Oh, that one's fantastic. And that was probably number 3 for my list. Number 2 was the slider, which is when you're on any of the slides, the secret slides in the castle or I believe the oh, sure. Koopa foot race. It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that's my number seven, Super Mario 64. Pretty awesome. Easily recognizable. Should probably be number one. All right, what's your number seven? Well, if it should be number one, why isn't it your number one? Yeah, that's another story for another time. All right, it's a, a definitely a strong contender for sure. Uh, my number seven is uh, my entry from the Legend of Zelda series. This is The Wind Waker, uh, also Koji Kondo. Koji making it out here twice. Woo! Uh, Both at number my, seven. My standout track here from this soundtrack in particular is Legendary Hero, which is kind of the intro cinematic music in this game. Um... It's my favorite rendition of the main Zelda series. Zelda series theme just kind of gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. Um, this is really overall my favorite Zelda soundtrack. Um, and I think tracks like the title theme or the Great Sea do a really fantastic job of driving that seafaring exploration vibe. Uh, another really standout one for me is uh, Makar's Prayer, which is kind of one of the songs that you learn from a little seed man. And I like him a lot. And it's a really good little fun jaunt, jaunty tune. So Wind Waker is just an incredible soundtrack. Pretty awesome. Yeah, that's really, really good. That's a strong contender. I'm surprised it's not higher on your list. Uh, I thought it was going to be as well, but turns out, no, there's there's other stuff out there that's better. But yeah, that's my number seven. Scott, what have you got for your number six? <clears throat> so my number six is another game that I know you've played. It is Halo 2 composers are Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore. So, Breaking Benjamin 
featured on the soundtrack. Fairly popular band at the time, but they had a new song called Blow Me Away, which I felt like was pretty awesome that a fairly well-known rock band at the time was creating a soundtrack for a, a game that I really liked. So it was just a good crossover. But in addition to this, the main Halo theme song opens with a Gregorian chant it's, and, uh, and some tribal percussions that eventually evolve into like a wicked guitar solo. I mean, what's not to like about that? It's like, oh, yeah, oh, even to this day. Definitely classic, that the main Halo theme, for sure. So good. The So, you know, we, we enjoyed, and I say we, we used to have LAN parties, right? Mm-hmm. And there'd be 15, 16 of us all playing on various TVs and setups, listening to the soundtrack while we were playing the game. We literally had it playing through the stereo, you know, sometimes, not all the time, because a lot of the time we were just listening to System of a Down. So it was the mid 2000s system of a down probably could be considered the soundtrack in my mind for the Halo 2 game because I listened to it so much while playing. I now associate a lot of their songs to moments that I played in Halo 2. But anyway, Halo's a good, Halo's a good soundtrack. Marty O'Donnell knows what he's doing. What do you got for your number six? My number six is Bastion. Uh, poser on that is Darren Korb, and this is one of my all-time favorite indie games that are out there. And then also some of my this soundtrack features some of my favorite lyrics-driven music in video games, but also has a really unique style outside of the tracks with lyrics. There's a handful of tracks that have lyrics in there, but um, but most of it doesn't. The lyrics ones are really standouts, but a lot of the rest of the stuff just really hits really hard for me uh, it's a mix of kind of more laid back guitar driven stuff or kind of getting into a little bit more um kind of ethereal electronic-y sounding stuff i just i really had a really good time with the soundtrack and it's one that i still listen to fairly regularly to this day other crazy thing to think about is this is darren korb's first ever soundtrack um i think it's still his best one people who don't play video games let me tell you what good video game music it's got to be Spotify playlists of people just posting their favorite games. Music. Oh, for sure, for sure. I my to that note, my uh, my mom who does not play video games at all really likes Final Fantasy music because I've gotten her into that over the years. So uh, this amuses me. There's there's something out there for everybody. But yeah, that's my number six, and that's gonna finish out our. Uh, our six through tens here. Uh, why don't we take a little bit of a break before we start diving into some longer discussions on our top fives? Sounds good. See you in a few. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome back. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. If you have show ideas or comments, positive, preferred, but negative are allowed. You can reach us by email at stupidsequence at gmail.com or on Twitter. 
unless it explodes or implodes. Could be either. At Stupid Sequence. We're going to jump into our top fives here. Uh, a little bit longer discussions than we had for the 6 through 10s, as these are some of our absolute favorite video game soundtracks ever. Scott, why don't you tell us what your number five is? My number five, the game is Old School RuneScape. What? I've never heard of that. I've never heard you talk about this. No, I've probably never mentioned it in the last several episodes. So, the initial composer for the majority of these songs was Ian Taylor. But since then, Mod Ash has taken over a lot of the responsibilities, but there's several other composers that have credits on on these songs but i i will make a quick note here that unfortunately the lead composer for old school runescape ian taylor was found guilty of sexual assault on a minor oh no so since he was let go by jagex mod ash our one and only god has taken over several of the music responsibilities and like i said there are several other composers mentioned in the wiki as well but yeah just need to make that note here not condoning his actions simply reviewing the music that was created scandal acknowledged so that being said there are so many iconic songs within this game songs that just bring me back to specific bosses or areas or times in my life the newbie melody one of the biggest ones i mean we're we're listening to that right now and i just this is one of the first songs you're greeted with when you enter runescape and it's it's a little positive exciting adventure i can hear myself chopping wood at the same time or making fires attacking things like there's so many things to be doing right now and i can hear all of those actions overlaid on this music And then there's some other songs that are super popular, even outside of people who have played this game, like Sea Shanty 2, which is maybe entered meme status at this point, but has been acknowledged as one of the best bangers in all of the soundtracks. And of course, Scape Main, which is one of the main songs that you get uh, introduced to at the beginning. Just a few of the gems in this game. Um, the team also creates music for holiday events. So if Santa comes to RuneScape and you visit him, there's like a frost kind of snowy feel to it, which takes a slight modification from the original Scape main, but adds like a Christmassy type touch to it. It's pretty cool. They do the same thing for Easter or I think there's some Halloween ones uh, or like New Year's, for example. So it's pretty cool. Some pretty fun uh, special event type songs. So you're telling uh, me Santa exists. So, so Santa is here. So RuneScape, old school RuneScape exists in the Santa cinematic universe. Uh, yeah, it's canonical. Okay. Yep. Good to know. So does the Easter Bunny, as well as several several other. S- allegedly fictional holiday characters we can get into that full list another time but as long as the game continues to update there will continue to be new songs added uh, especially as they create new dungeons or islands or 
content in general. I mean, they're constantly coming out with new things. And as they do, new songs get added. So one of the most illustrious items in the entire game that you can achieve is the music cape. The Mm. music cape can be obtained by players who have unlocked all non-holiday music tracks. As of the 30th of November 2022, so about a month ago, there are a total of 728 music tracks within the game. That's a lot. Yeah. Not including unlisted and unused music, which was found in Old School RuneScape. But in order to unlock this, there are a significant number of requirements that must be completed, including gaining high level high levels in several different skills, obtaining items that require many, many hours of gameplay. Um, but as of February 2020, a little bit older data, I couldn't find a, a more recent number on this, there were 11,543 current members that had obtained the music cape out of roughly 2 million that played at the time. So it was a very difficult thing to achieve in the game. So whenever Rector's you see item. it, yeah, it's like, wow, that guy, that person has been playing for a long time. Otherwise, they wouldn't have the music game. I mean, anytime they come out with a new quest, every single new quest pretty much has a new song. And if you don't do the quest, you don't get that song. You don't fight new bosses or defeat high-level player content. It's you don't gain that music track. So like I said, there's there's a, a significant number of obstacles here. But with every iconic event comes an iconic song. So I have a RuneScape confession. Uh-oh. Similar to the Pokemon confession. Since you mute the music, since since near to one hundred percent of my RuneScape time, circa that I've ever played around like two thousand three, two thousand four, was spent in a public library, playing on the computers there. Uh, I have never heard any RuneScape music prior to prepping oh, for this episode. You mean you you didn't like bring your own headphones? I I didn't own headphones. Okay, that's fair. Well, your confession is acknowledged, but man, you are missing out. I mean, it's music for every occasion, literally every occasion in the game, including holidays. Adventure, immersion, and nostalgia. Pure and simple. Is there a Flag Day theme for uh, Old School RuneScape? Yes, I'm sure there is. And Indigenous Peoples Day. Good to know. But also no. No, not only Santa. But anyway, somewhere in between there. Good stuff. Fantastic game. Fantastic music. A lot of bangers. Oh, and I forgot to mention one of the best things. It's all open source. The music can be used for pretty much any purpose. That's pretty nice. Cool. Yeah. We'll get sued by Jagex for uh showcasing it on the on the show here for the five people in total that listen to this show i'm including the two of us by the way that's unfortunate i i think nobody's going to report us and if they do there's a lot of a lot of spite that goes into those actions let me tell you we probably deserve it one of us does speaking of which what's your number five my number five is my favorite of the many, many fantastic JRPGs on the 
Super Nintendo, in terms of soundtracks anyway, I guess. I'm talking about Chrono Trigger. Composed by Yasunari Mitsuda. Uh, the track we're hearing right now is Corridors of Time, which is my favorite off of the soundtrack. Uh, that said, just about every single track on the Chrono Trigger soundtrack is an absolute classic. Perhaps more so than any other SNES game out there. It's just, it's it's a lengthy soundtrack, and there's just so many good songs on it. It's just incredibly well done stuff. Uh, a couple other really big standouts for me are uh, The Secret of the Forest and Frog's theme. Uh, frog being a character that you pick up in the game uh, into your party, who is a frog that is also a knight. He's pretty Didn't cool. see that coming. I find that the music from Chrono Trigger just really transcends the game itself to be the definitive part of the Chrono Trigger experience. Like, don't get me wrong, Chrono Trigger is an excellent JRPG. It's a really well done game. But for me, more than almost any other video game soundtrack, the music is the definitive part of playing that game. It's uh, just incredibly well done. I, I love listening to I uh, this is this was uh this is something I, I listen to very regularly. Uh, there's a I think there's a YouTube playlist out there that's like relaxing Chrono Trigger music that gets you somewhere like the more downbeat ambient stuff that I really I really like and use a lot of the time as like background work music, stuff like that. So uh really enjoyable to me. Pretty cool. Also want to give a shout out to a uh composer called Two Mellow, who has done a lot of really great stuff. The way that I found out about Two Mellow is he did a remix album of um, some of the best tracks from the Chrono Trigger soundtrack, uh, mashing it up with Jay-Z songs. Uh, and if that sounds weird to you, it is kind of, but it works really well. I feel like I know who this is. What song? 2-M-E-L-L-O. Yeah, like, I, I knew that so I know I've heard it. I just can't think of where I've heard it. He's done a bunch of video game adjacent stuff and more and beyond just a lot of other cool uh, other cool stuff. Uh, he did the soundtrack to a video game called Later Alligator more recently. Mm. But yeah, I highly recommend both the Chrono Trigger soundtrack and Chrono Jigga the mashup with set the Jay-Z music. Yeah. <laughs> Too mellow. Man, that's going to bother me. I'm going to have to think about that. Well, uh, we'll see if you Scott remembers that by the end of the episode. Doubtful. Very doubtful. Anyway, that's Chrono Trigger for my number five. What do you got for number four, Scott? Number four. Well, number four for me is the game Terraria. And the song we're listening to now, the elements that I'm hearing here are similar to the Fendrana drifts from the Metroid Prime game that you were referring to. I think it's kind of similar. Some of the, the tones that make you think of ice or falling snow. This is one of the earliest biomes that you could venture into. And so when it changes drastically from what is the normal overworld song or sound to this, it's it's drastic enough that you're like, well, what am I getting myself into? 
What is this? Almost starting to be eerie. So, yeah, really, really strong there, but... I mean, the, in my mind, the composer outdid themselves. They created specific instances for every part of the game during your progression. So as you gain materials and explore new areas and, and challenge new bosses, you feel engulfed in the music, right? The, the snow and ice biome in particular, it's just so beautiful. It's almost calming. Uh, I have listened to it outside of the game, simply when I'm trying to concentrate on something for work. I, I just think it's it's just distracting enough that I don't have to think about it, and I find myself imagining that I'm standing in a biome where there's falling snow. It's really weird. Atari, I think, is a is a real fantastic soundtrack. It's a game that never quite clicked with me as much as some other folks that I know, including you. Uh, but I do think the music is one of the best parts of that experience. I just like the music in this game, kind of, and and digging. That's what I want to do. I just want to dig down into the ground and explore, and listen to the good music. It's not to enjoy, right? It's a good time. So after the snow biome, I have to mention the music that plays during the Frost Moon event where you literally battle an army of robotic holiday henchmen that have guns and there's like a Santa tank and the Krampus and the music that plays for it just fits so perfectly. It's got great guitar. It incorporates the sound of was like almost gunshots because they have like double bass kicks going back and forth. And it's just, it just sounds so cool. It sounds like a Christmas song if there were a war going on. Like Christmas at Ground Zero by Weird Al. Kind of is, along uh, those lines. Does this the army of mechanical holiday creatures include Robot Santa Claus from Futurama? It is a Santa tank. But he's, no. So he's not, had some upgrades. Not the Futurama. Yeah, he's definitely had some upgrades. But, Good to know. So every boss also has a theme, which I think is pretty cool. So, um, but it's, it's usually done by the order in which you face the bosses, I think, not the actual boss themselves, at least for some of the first three. Um, but Plantera's song, it, it really kicks ass. And there's some good guitar in that one too. And there's even a, I believe a 0.5% chance that a guitar could drop from Plantera, it's called The Axe. I think that's a nod to the music, which is just kind of interesting. I, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm willing to bet that I can tell what you're doing in the game simply by listening to the song that's playing while you're playing. It's like what area you've made it to. Yep. What area you're in, what boss you might be fighting, what event might be going on. I probably can figure it out. But to be fair, as of the recording of this episode, I have 1,263 hours total in this game. Scott, I'm going to tell you something right now. I happen to know this statistic because I uh, was just looking at this with a friend the other day. That is more time than I have in any single game on Steam, and I play a lot of video games. Yeah, but... Your total time 
far exceeds my time on this one game. I just happen to focus a lot of my attention. My number one is Europe Universalis 4. I have have 1,106 hours in that, so you you got me beat. That's pretty good. Not on my top ten for music, though. Fair enough. Terraria, though. Man, great music. Now, if we were talking sound effects, that's a whole other game. I, I hear things to this day where I'm like instantly reminded of a specific sound effect in the game Terraria by something I heard in real life, and it makes me want to play the game. That's how strong that connection is. Yeah, if we had gone with a with a broader thing, including more than just music and more of a sound in games in general, I would have had to include Dota 2 as a nominee for all the great voice lines that are in that game. Sure. That are seared into my brain permanently over a decade of playing it. But I'm clean now, so... For now. (laughs) That's all I got for Terraria. Beautiful game. Even better music. It's a good number four. Obviously classic. But what's your number four? My number four is a puzzle game uh, for the Xbox and the personal computer called Fez. Composer on that is Disasterpiece, who you might know from doing the soundtrack to the movie It Follows. Oh. Uh, I was not aware of that. Yeah. Uh, good soundtrack for that movie. In my mind, though, uh, despite Disaster Piece doing multiple games that I really like, uh, Fez, easily the best of those. Just incredible work with synth, which is kind of Disaster Piece's hallmark um, style. But the, the soundscape created by Disaster Piece is in this game is unmatched in synth-driven music in games, I think. I think this is just the best that's done in that area for me, personally. There's plenty of more upbeat melodic tracks that are extremely good, but I think tracks like Progress, which is the one that we're listening to right now, are the ones that really stick out to me. And it's just these waves of synth that are crashing over you and almost, like, fighting to overcome the melody at times, and it just kind of feels overwhelming as it just builds and crescendos. Just evokes a very specific, special feeling for me um, that most other video game music's not able to do. Other really, some really standout tracks. I think um, there's multiple tracks in this, but I think um, that do this. But flow is the one for me that it layers bits of instruments and melodies over top of each other as they just as the song progresses and gets through different measures. And just each measure starts layering more and more in until it just kind of builds up into this huge sound that I really like. Uh, Some stuff like Sync is another track. Got a great drum drum groove that it gets into along with some interesting synth melodies in there. Uh, This is another one that's just a a regular listen to me um, as I'm working or doing different project work and everything. It's just very good background music. Um, which makes sense. The game's made. The game's a puzzle game, and most of the music that's there is just designed to be a backdrop to, to thinking through things and trying to solve puzzles, and and so it works really well as a backdrop to other kind of thought based work as well. It's interesting. It, I guess I've never seen this game or played it, so I'm, I'm looking it up right now, but. It's uh, it's almost too slow for me. 
it's it's designed to be a little more ambient, you know. The music is not maybe unlike some other games where it's not meant to be like the main thing that you're focusing on. Since it's a puzzle platformer kind of game, usually the main thing you're focusing on is what the heck's going on in this room. Um, it's not a super straightforward puzzle game, so there's a lot of trying to parse what the game wants you to do uh, on top of, like, what is the... First of all, I'm in this room. I'm pretty sure there's a puzzle here. I need to identify what the puzzle is first, and then can I solve it. Hmm. So it's not even a straightforward puzzle. You're not Very even much. sure necessarily what it is. It's Very like, much not so. There's get a... across the platform or find the key or... Mm. There's a there's a hidden language to solve in the in the game. There's a um, uh, numeral system that you got to try and work out. Um, some really tricky stuff and some some really excellent music that goes along the way with that. How many hours would you say you have into that game? If oh, you to know. Mm, mm, I can I can look it up real quick. Fez, uh, I have 21 hours in. That's not bad. Hmm interesting i i don't think it would be something that would be a go-to for me it's almost it's too calm too well the 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 track that i chose their progress is more of the um more of a specific feel um there there is some more kind of more melodic a little more upbeat stuff let's say that might that might jive more with you uh also other shout out for disaster piece a hyperlight drifter is maybe my sister's favorite video game soundtrack of all time. I gave it put it gave it a spot in my honorable mentions. I absolutely really love it, but didn't didn't quite make the list for me. Strong number eleven or twelve. Fair enough. Alright, well, my number four, Fez. Scott, what do you got for number three? Number three. So before I tell you what my number three is, let me just say that this is where my list became very difficult to order. One, two, three. Yeah. We're really getting into it here. Each of the top three games, I've listened to the original soundtrack multiple times outside of the game, simply because of how awesome they are. So, that being said, my number three is Banjo-Kazooie. Composer Grant Kirkhope. Good old Grant. So when we talked about the video games of 1998, I mentioned Banjo-Kazooie and Grant and and how amazing this music is, but I I think I didn't do it enough justice. So let me just say the uniqueness that is Banjo-Kazooie, the entire game starts with the music. Very much so. Especially the music that plays during the main title, which is the one we're listening to now. It's very manic. It is. It's... You're greeted with not only banjo and kazoo sections, shocking, but like 20 other instruments, and you're immediately given a clue that this game will be both fun and goofy, and you're ready to dive right in. I mean, you really can't take a game seriously that starts out with kazoo playing. It's in the name. Yeah, right? The ability of Kirkhope, though, to create music specific to each of the regions, again... Simply amazing. So, Stephen Totillo, Totillo, I'm not Totillo. sure, but Totillo of Kotaku, 
You know, mm-hmm. uh, okay, so I'm, I'm he familiar. formerly okay, of Kotaku. For okay, so formerly of Kotaku. So he, in his initial review of this, indicated that composer Grant Kirkhope quote delivered a virtuoso performance for Rare's game. Banjo-Kazooie's soundtrack is energetic and frequently silly, a splendid accompaniment to the game's colorful comedic style. And I, I came across that quote and I thought, that is perfectly, perfectly apt at how to describe this game. It is phenomenal. And I don't know, it's, it's almost difficult to explain how well the music blends because it's not just the music it's not just the music that goes into each of the different areas it's the fact that they blend the music all over right there's a the the witch that you're going up against gruntilda gruntilda's lair right has a theme but as you progress through the game and you you get into variations of this right so i i think Grant explained that the Banjo-Kazooie, it's programmed to turn the volume up and down on various music channels as Banjo crosses these invisible thresholds in Gruntilda's lair. And he he said that he was allocating certain channels to certain areas, and then he gave a list to the programmers and they'd implement it in the code. And then, you know, there's like only 16 channels in a MIDI file, so that was all the instruments he could use per level. Sure. So there's special blends of and variations of every single area to accompany that one grunty. So there's like, you know, 16 different variations here, which is crazy. The way that it's layered and it, it's such a smooth transition into these that I don't I don't understand how he blended it so well, but it's amazing. And and it just you don't even realize that you've crossed this boundary until suddenly the music's like, whoa, something's going on here. Oh, I'm getting closer to this area. Oh, it just, it, it draws you in even farther. So it is goofy. I still love it. I think it's, it's just a fantastic soundtrack. And like I said, I've listened to it multiple times outside of just playing the game. So. I will continue to do so. No shame. I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, Grant Kirkhope was kind of the in-house uh, composer for Rare, right? Uh, the developer of Banjo Kazooie for a long time. He did most of their music, I think, from the late '90s through kind of the late 2000s. So uh, over a decade of just cranking out different tracks like uh, the Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, Perfect Dark. I mentioned when we did the 1998 discussion that he also did donkey kong 64 and golden eye he is to blame for the dk rap <laughs> uh blame is a strong word d you know, not a fan of the donkey of the DK kong rap. it's fine Says it's very silly okay okay yeah we're not gonna <laughs> it's great anyway it's banjo kazooie it, it was a tough one for me, though, I, as I was going through this, right, because I had to choose between Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. I think I like Banjo-Tooie as a game better, but okay. the music in Kazooie, I think, Got is more of better. more the hold on you? It's, at the time, it was super duper original, 
And there's no other games that I can think of that sound anything like this. And even some of the the transitional songs where you're in menus or in an, a hallway area kind of getting ready to enter in a world. He, he created super long songs that you're, you're not spending four minutes, but he created a four minute song for this like 30 second area. Right. Sure. And I, I think that's just speaks to the, his commitment to the overall music in the game. He was really, really passionate about it. And people to this day seek him out to compliment him. I mean, it's, it's definitely something that's kind of grown its own fan base in addition to people that play this game. So yeah, he's got a very specific style. He does. Never met him. I'd be interested in meeting him just to say, hey, I appreciate you. Thank you. He's like a cool dude. I'd hope so. You never know some of these celebrities. But yeah, anyway, what's uh what about your number 3? My number 3 is the most emotionally important song game on this list for me. Uh this is The Outer Wilds soundtrack by Andrew Prollo. So we're going to start out here with a track that's called Travelers. Uh, there's a few different versions of this melodic theme on the soundtrack for this game. Uh, but this is the one that I think illustrates the effect that I want to talk about the most here. So Outer Wilds is a game about exploring a miniature solar system in search of answers about the mysteries of the universe. But it's also about connecting to friends and what came before us. This is... Um, in, in, in Travelers, we hear... The, the main Outer Wilds theme melody start on banjo, which is played in-game by a member of Outer Wilds Ventures, which is a group of astronauts from the world of Timber Hearth. We hear other members of the group kick in with their own respective instruments um, as the track goes on here. And when you visit these characters on each individual planet they're exploring, you can hear them playing their individual piece of the song. The game plays with this mechanically in different ways over the course of the game and does a phenomenal job of bringing this all together in a really emotionally resonant way to the point where it's like I would describe this as the best ending music in a video game out there, period. Hmm. Um, just really emotionally affecting and building on the, the journey that you've had up to that point. Um, so this is this or other versions of this song are, are my favorite from the soundtrack. Um, other other notable standouts are the Sun Station music uh, and uh, the track End Times. This is also a time loop game where the sun explodes every like 15 minutes or something like that. And then you warp back to 15 minutes before the sun explodes. And so outer, uh, End Times is the track that plays right before the sun explodes every time and it's kind of this chill mellow i think i'm gonna loop it in here in the edit um but people can hear what i'm talking about but it's this chill kind of laid back um thing that lets you know hey the sun's about to explode you run this this loop through the game is about to end and where that could they could have chosen to make that um a very stressful type of music a very much like this is going to oh uh, this is frenetic try to finish up your, what you're doing it does a much better job of representing the themes of the game to me where it's this more peaceful relaxing 
music that's just kind of like, okay, you're just at peace with what's happening. You're not here to fight this. You're here to to come to terms with it. Uh, come to terms with things ending in a way that I think is really beautiful. Is really beautiful. I, I will point out, because I just said it, not many songs start their opening with a banjo, and then you yeah. played this song, and it started with a banjo. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. But there was, in fact, no kazoo to follow it up, so how good can it be, really? I mean, let's... Uh, it's got harmonica instead. Yeah, it's not the same. Too many sounds. Too... <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick shout-out as well with this one. Um, last year, they came out with, well, I guess about a year and a half ago as the release of this um episode I'm recording this right at the end of 2022 uh the they put out a uh DLC to this game called Echoes of the Eye and that I can't really detail exactly why cuz it's a little too spoilery for people who might want to play the game but it's it folds into the existing music in ways both narrative and mechanical in ways that hit me emotionally. I didn't think the game was capable of doing again, and it did, <laughs> and it really wrecked me. So, so good, highly, good strong storylines complemented by the perfect music soundtrack. Yeah, definitely, I would say. Not traditionally told storylines, but um, but really compelling narrative. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. Never played this game, so I... I don't know if it's one that I'll actually play myself because it doesn't really sound like the type that I would play, but it's something I would look into to at least better understand it. It's it's absolutely one of the most important games to me. Top 10 video game all time easily. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cannot recommend it more highly. If you like exploration, this one's for you. I mean, I do like exploration. We'll have to talk more about this separately focus our conversation here on the music indeed so yeah outer wilds my number three an all-time banger what do you got for your number two it's a banger 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 has a lot of meanings so my number two is elder scrolls skyrim and the composer is jeremy soul at least on the main intro song also known as Dragonborn. Dovahkiin. Right. Uh, worth noting also, Jeremy Soul, also some, unfortunately, some allegations against him of the sexual assault variety. Oh, I was not aware of that. Yeah. That is uh, an unfortunate coincidence. Yeah, he's mm. been around for a long time, done a lot of great music in the industry. I think more recently, I want to say like this year even, that stuff came out unfortunate gross anyway the music yeah so the composition dragonborn is nordic influenced classical in style and and it features a chorus singing lyrics in a fictional language dovazul which i think is just in itself pretty badass the tongue of dragons yeah it was created by emil pegliarulo for the game specifically, so I think that's that's pretty awesome. So the the composition borrows heavily from uh, Nerevar language, 
<clears throat> excuse me, Nerevar Rising, uh, the theme from the Elder Scrolls III Morrowind, um, as well as elements from music in Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, both of which were also composed by Soul. Uh, Dragonborn was lauded by critics and audiences alike. It is featured in orchestral performances and spawned numerous covers, many of which combine the song with an in-game English-language composition, The Dragonborn Comes. One such cover by Lindsay Sterling, the dancing violinist. That's a very good one. Peter Hollins, it holds the Guinness World Record for the most viewed cover version of a video game soundtrack. It's a very specific... Uh... Yeah, right? It's like, oh, you gotta have the, this, this, and this, and check all those boxes, and yeah, that's what it is. Upon hearing the game soundtrack, Kyle E. Miller, I don't know if you're familiar with him, another critic, uh, found that Dragonborn, this song, was the most memorable and felt it accurately established and conveyed the tone of Skyrim even before the player sees the world. I mean, just listening to this, you you can feel all of the Nordic influences and it's almost like a, a cry to war. You're going into battle. It's spirit of adventure. It's... Sure. It's great. But this song and... The, the made-up language that they created for the Dovazul, the language of dragons. Such a cool theme. And this game has had a, a longevity to it, partly out of necessity, because who knows when Elder Scrolls Six is coming out, but um, just also because they continue to expand upon it, and it continues to be replayable in a way that I think people truly enjoy so and that starts with listening to the music and the the credits of the or the opening main title of the game you hear this song and then you're you're treated to various other similarly nordic style themes as you're adventuring around and entering different cities and caves i just it's all fantastic I'll give another shout out here to uh, Sovereign uh, Sovereign Guard. I'm almost mispronouncing it. Uh, the mythical um, afterlife for uh, for the uh, Dragonborn in this case, and I think the soundtrack associated with that is equally beautiful. So if you haven't heard that song. Definitely go check out Sovereign Guard. Sovereign Guard. Sovereign Guard. I don't know why I'm having trouble pronouncing it. It's not like it's spelled crazy. It's just Sovereign Guard. But yeah, and and I know you've played this game, and I know you've heard this music. Oh, okay. oh yeah. And if That's anybody cool. hears that music, I bet they could tell you that it came from this game, and they know how amazing it is. Yeah, I would I would definitely say probably one of the more recognizable video game music tracks of the last I uh, can't say last I was decade, say 15 more, years? More than 10 years past uh, Skyrim, but certainly we'll say last 15, sure. Sure. Really really strong. And for me I started on Morrowind. That was one of the first PC games that I ever played. And you know, Oblivion was great, but man, Skyrim it's the total package. It's not a perfect game by any means. The combat 
and a lot of the repetition kind of bothers me a little bit, but you know, there's so many good redeeming qualities about this game, including the music that I, I think it's it's kind of a, a no brainer that it ends up number two on my list. Yeah, I think I'm more of an oblivion boy in terms of the video game, but I, I would agree that Skyrim's got a better soundtrack. I could see that. Oblivion was pretty fantastic. Skyrim didn't have Sean Bean in it. It's pronounced Scene Bean. Or Patrick Stewart. Or Sean Bon. Sean. Sean Bon. Sean Bon. Sean Bon Jovi. No. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yep, that's my number two. So why don't you give us your number two? Which is right. probably disappointing in comparison, but you know. My number two, I'm not going to kick the music off quite yet because I'm going to do a little bit of an intro here. Uh, I'm talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, the composer is Nobu Uematsu. So, Final Fantasy VII, definitely one of the most iconic soundtracks of all time. Pretty, pretty indisputably, in, in, in the video game world, anyway. Uh, why am I choosing Remake over the original? So, while I, I think the original ha- is, you know, made... A whole generation of people fall in love with a bunch of the different tunes that are in there. I want to talk about Remake and recognize it specifically because it does an incredible job of updating and expanding on the original one. It could have been really easy for them to just update it and go, well, here's, you know, here's this, here's the battle theme that you know, and we're just going to do that again, but instead of it with more of the MIDI tracks and everything that do to the limitations of the PS1. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna make it like modern orchestra theme or something like that. That that would have been really easy for them to do. Instead, they have fun with it. They they move songs, different songs and melodies to different musical styles and really play around with the space. Yeah, there, there, there's tracks on here that that dig into this a little bit more. Um, but the one I'm gonna start with here that they do an interesting thing with is uh, the genova theme for the series of boss fights in the original we're going to start by listening to the original game's version of the song here for a little bit you can kind of hear these descending scales um, that kind of make up the the backing of the of the original version of this song so so you get a little bit of a flavor of that and then you get into the version of the song that exists in the in the remake and you know you can you can hear some of the the, the those notes and stuff going on in the background it's a more subdued version of it and certainly more orchestral and everything and so when I, when i hit the boss fight the where you hear this song in remake for the first time it's pretty far into the game i had really fall in love with how they were treating the music in this and so i was excited to hear okay what are they going to do with this specific track and the song started and i was a little bit disappointed honestly because i thought okay well you're doing an interesting version of this um it's a little bit more subdued and it doesn't really have those descending scales but then a certain portion and and i'm gonna edit jump us ahead here in the song to uh, to the part I'm talking about. You get to the third phase of this boss fight, and then we really kick into... 
those, that part of the descending scales and that kicks in. That just really made me excited in a very, in a very nostalgic but also energetic way. You know, of, oh hey, we've the 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 thing you were waiting for. We knew you were waiting for it, and we're gonna make you wait for it until we get to the specific part of the song, specific part of the fight, and then have it kick in as you finish off this boss. It's just a really compelling way to do it. Another one that's especially worth mentioning, I think, is uh, so the original battle theme of Final Fantasy VII is called Those Who Fight. They uh, There's a mini-game in a remake where uh, you are, uh, and this was present in a way in the original game, where you're having a uh, exercise competition versus some of these uh, guys in the gym. One of the the one of the comp- uh, competitions you have against them is a squats competition to see who can squat better uh, the most times in a specific time period. Uh, they wrote a specific version of the battle theme entitled it "Those Who Squat." And had it be like a like an electronic, more upbeat version of the battle theme specifically for this little mini game. It's just little fun touches like that that just really make the musical experience of going through this game really special. It's great. Uh, another thing that I worth mentioning, um, if you're familiar with Final Fantasy at all, especially Final Fantasy VII, you've probably heard the song "One Winged Angel," the Sephiroth's theme. Uh, Another one of probably the most iconic video game songs of all time for one of the most iconic video game characters of all time. They do a really interesting thing of weaving little bits of that music in other sound, other songs um, that fit narratively with what the unique version of the story they're telling in, in Final Fantasy VII Remake. That really does a great job of adding a little bit of menace in other spots where you're not expecting it. Also want to shout out uh, the Airbuster boss theme is just an all-time extremely great song. Really fun to listen to. Uh, very exciting boss theme to, uh, to, to get through. So had a, had a really great time with that as well. But yeah, Final Fantasy VII, that's uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I guess, specifically my second favorite video game soundtrack of all time. Can't wait to see what they do in the other parts of this game because they're releasing it in three different parts which is a little absurd but i'm excited to see what they do with it Uh, we're getting the next part late 2023 so i'm excited for that and that's a solid pick even though i i haven't really played that game i mean i've i've dabbled but i've definitely heard the music and even for me it's it's recognizable so I I understand why it's on your your list here. Uh, also worth mentioning, I guess uh, Nobu Oimatsu, um, easily my favorite video game composer of all time. Just the, the, for all the different Final psh. Fantasy. Yeah, that's what he's primary. He's not. He, that's not the only thing he's done. But that's primarily what he's known for, and he's created just a ludicrous amount of fantastic music uh, for the the ton of those games over the last. 30 plus years you know so he's in my mind he's the best out there pretty good pretty good we do have a lot of um japanese composers on our list 
which a lot of our games are born in Japan, so to speak. So sure. that makes sense. Yeah, looking at my personal list, I think mine's half Japanese composers and half not. Pretty good. Well, Scott, it's time. Why don't we hear about your number one? Yeah, let's round it out. Another Japanese composer. My number one is the theme from Mega Man 2 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Hey, Mega Man 2 soundtrack's really good. This is a really good soundtrack. This was one of those games that I beat my head against for hours. It's very hard. Hours. It is. It is extremely difficult until you start to learn. And there's really no intuitive way to do this. It really is just a matter of guess and check. You know, get one power by defeating a boss and then try it against some several other bosses and hope that it's super effective. And then once you figure out what it is, if you're anything like me, you have a notebook nearby and you write it down. Hey, I used, you know, Airman's attack on you know, Heat Man, and it was amazing, or, you know, Crash Man versus Air Man, or, you know, whatever the case may be, and I don't even remember what all the specifics are, but, man, as you're playing through each of the themes, the the music is just so good, and again, we're, we're running into another 8-bit situation, right, where you're restricted to what you're actually capable of creating with this music, and somehow they made it amazing i don't know um i do know that the composer uh takashi tataishi um he was not the only composer he was along with the mega man composer uh, manami matsume um which i think was credited in the in the uh the game for mega man 2 for having her work on the credits theme from the first game and then repurposed for the title screen and then for co-composing a minor part of the melody for the Airman stage. So got a little bit of a shout out in that one, but primarily this was Tataishi's doing. So that being said, I know that the initial compositions for the game that he created were uh, of like varying moods with some of them being considered what they, what they said were too cute. And so they requested them to be changed to fit in with the rest of the soundtrack. And so most of those original concepts are basically gone, lost forever. Nobody has them. But there is a single fragment of the decline concept remains in the game, and that's uh, Crash Man's stage theme. Interesting. Yeah, one of the only ones that was an original, but... Stylistically, the score was was more influenced by like Mezzo Forte and the Yellow Magic Orchestra. Um, and if you're not familiar uh, with the Yellow Magic Orchestra, it's a Japanese uh, electronic music band uh, from Tokyo. <clears throat> so the the game itself has a number of other themes. I think the the one that I just played for you there is the boss battle theme. It's the one that you're actually uh, playing when you're fighting any of the bosses um another yeah, i have to i have to say i i think i, I have to take issue with the, your chosen representative track here oh yeah it's uh it's not your favorite i i was going for the fact that it's iconic because you play it so many times but i've got airman on here as another yeah Airman's representative I, I, I really like airman 
I think Woodman also fantastic. Metal Man, honestly, they they're all super super good. It's hard for me to to really just pick one or two, but and even the title screen and you know the password select in the stage, boom 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 boom, boom and you're like, yeah, man, I'm I'm so awesome and retro playing this game, and it's just it it, it hits a little bit different, you know. Sure. And um, you've played this game. You know how good this game is musically, especially compared to several other of the the Mega Man games or Rock Man, as it were, in Japan. Yeah, I my go to for I have two go tos for the Mega Man Two soundtrack specifically. I really like the password screen music. Yeah, it's just a really good little like really short looping track that i i've always really loved oh yeah um, but the real standout for me is uh dr wiley's castle music oh uh, yeah just just easily my favorite Mega Man track i'm gonna make the executive uh, which decision one the, the on, first part or the second part the the first part uh the uh i'm gonna make the executive decision here because i'm editing i'm our editor um i'm gonna edit the dr wiley music in here because it's so good yeah, go for it. Yeah, you're right. That's really good. Should have chosen. Yeah, there were a few times because I did beat this game. I have beaten it mm-hmm. a few times at least. Um, at least one of them was beaten honestly. The the others m- maybe were. Um, either done with knowing what the passcode was to get me to a certain okay. point and then just beating it or um, having a game genie and putting in like uh, you know unlimited lives or something and then st- I mean still you had to earn your way to get there but beating your head against the wall wasn't nearly as difficult. Yeah I recently played through all of the original series Mega Man games a couple years ago and they're hard, some more so than others. Mega Man 2, pretty tough. Yeah, I, I think this might be one of the most difficult ones, but and given that I was introduced to it so young, I was like, what else am I going to do? I'm going to beat my head against the wall here. It's not as hard as Mega Man 1, but it's more a lot more fair than Mega Man 1, I think. Mega Man 1's brutal. Yeah. But Yellow, like Yellow Devil. better. If you beat the yellow devil without a glitch, without using the the damage glitch, you uh you have my respect. I'm not that good. I won't even pretend. Mm, yeah, Mega Man Two. This this music, it really is hard to beat it. it. It's unfortunate that Mega Man didn't stick around in mainstream as well as long as it could have. Well, if only I mean, to get us better music. I mean, yeah, okay. There's been, there's been a lot of Mega Man over the years. You know, I would say the last last ten years or so, not very much Mega Man. But we we had a good twenty five plus years of Mega Man games coming out. True. I was definitely referring to about the last ten years. I know Mega Man's yeah. in Smash, but um, prior to that, what, Mega Man X. Okay, those games are really awesome. Yeah, Mega Man Legends. Those are good. Uh, Mega Man Battle Network, I like those a lot. I think they need to come out with another Mega Man game. 
Uh, special shout out to the version of Mega Man that was in the Captain N cartoon from the 80s, where he talked like this all the time and he said Mega before everything. Aha. Uh-huh. He sounded like he was a smoker, yeah. We better Mega move it. <laughs> I forgot about My wife absolutely hates when I do that voice. Uh... It's very upsetting to her and it cracks me up every time. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, okay, well. You've already conceded that my number one is amazing. You've made the executive decision that it's going to trump your number one. So why don't you just uh, fill us in briefly. What is your number one? All right, my number one. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I can't can't maintain that voice for too long. Uh, My number one. Kind of sounds like a Dragon Ball character. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. My number one is near for the PlayStation 3. Xbox 360. Not Automata. Not Automata. This is a tough choice for me. Uh, a lot of people would pick Automata over Nier, but for me, I think I have to give it up to the original game. Uh, composer for both games, Kaichi Okabe. Uh, we're hearing the, in my mind, easily the best song from either game, Kaine Salvation. So the thing that makes Nier, the Nier soundtrack so special, and... And part of why I'm giving it to the first game, I think it has more standout tracks for me, and it was also the first to do this, whereas Automata kind of built off of the ideas that, that the first game uh, developed. Um, almost every track on the soundtrack has lyrics, which you don't see very much in video games. The other car- critical thing to note here, if you're listening to the lyrics from the singer, Emmy Evans, who's the primary vocalist for most of the soundtrack, um... The lyrics are mostly in various fictional languages created by Emmy Evans, the vocalist. Uh, The music was developed separately from the game itself, which is not usually how that works. Um, And parts of the game were modified to fit the music better, which is also kind of the opposite of the way that it usually goes. Their goal was for the, between the vocalist and the composer, the goal was for the game, the music itself, and the vocal performances to drive the emotion of the music, rather than the content of the lyrics, which I think is a really neat idea, and I think they incredibly succeeded in that. You know, that they, there aren't really translation, they haven't put out translations of here's what these lyrics are supposed to mean. Because that's not what it, that's not what the point is. The point is the the feeling that the the music evokes. The different languages they came up with three fictional languages that are loosely based on French, Gaelic, and Japanese, respectively. And it just it resulting in a lot of really beautiful stuff. There's a really wide variety of moods in the soundtrack. This track, I think, is kind of more, uh, you know, uh, more emotional in nature, lower tempo for sure. There's a ton of laid back and relaxing tracks in friendlier areas of the game, some really menacing, hostile tracks in other areas, more bombastic pieces for boss fights that tend to have more of like a, uh, a chanting choir that's like shouting at you almost. I can't tell you how much time I've spent listening to the soundtrack of both the Nier games, honestly, but especially this first one. It's hard to make the decision of, you know, I'm going to pick, um, I have to pick 
just one from each franchise, you know, because I think if I if we didn't have that rule in place, like it could very easily have been number one near number two near automata for me. This music is just that important to me. I'm, I'm familiar with the game. Not familiar with the music, and I have not actually played the game. So I think especially in the case of Nier, I, I talked a little bit in Chrono Trigger where the music, I feel like, is the definitive part of that experience. I would say a similar thing for the first Nier especially because the original release of it. They did a remake of it where they've, they uh, uh, last year, where, or 2021, where they kind of tuned up the combat and a lot of things. The, the bummer about the original Nier is the part where you play the game is just okay. The, mm. the, import, the special stuff is the characters, the story, um, and, and the music, especially. Um, so the gameplay is meh. The gameplay is okay in the first one. They really... Um, and the Automata came out that was developed, made by a different developer, uh, Platinum Games, who's more known for action combat, and they did a much better job of making that game a lot more fun to actually play. And then in the when they remade the first game as Near Replicant, it, it it's a lot closer to the combat in Automata, so it's a much more approachable game at that point. Um, a lot easier to recommend. Prior to that, and prior to when they came out with Automata, there's a good... I don't know, like six years there or something where I'm like, man, I adore this game. It's incredible. It's one of my all time favorite games and it's impossible for me to recommend everyone to anyone because a lot of people really don't like how it actually plays. But you would recommend Replicant? I would recommend Replicant. Um, certainly overplaying the original at this point. Sure. Yeah, Replicant, I think the combat is is good. It's It's still not like the most fantastic combat you've ever played in a video game. But I think even even with even with that first game, even if the gameplay is not that good, the it, you know the storytelling is one thing, but I think it's worth it for the music in and of itself. It's just absolutely phenomenal soundtrack, incredibly unique, doing something that no one else is really doing out there, um, and 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 a, a must experience for me. Uh, a couple other tracks I want to shout out. Uh, song of the Ancients, Devila, is a Song of the Ancients specifically is a song you get a lot of different versions of throughout the game. And this version is the one that plays when you're kind of in the main hub town. And it's just a really nice, peaceful, hanging out in town, talking to your friends music. And then also want to mention Ashes of Dreams New, uh, which is the song that plays over the credits. The only song in the entire soundtrack that is actually in English. And uh, they have other versions of it that are in that play over the other endings of the game that are in the other fictional languages. But the first one you hear is the English version and is actually telling the story of the game in a lot of ways and the events that lead up to the game. And it's just a very beautiful song. There's a lot to absorb here, a lot going on. Yeah, it's a the near soundtracks are complicated. They're really different than pretty much everything else that's out there. And that's part of what I love about them so much. This is going to be a tough discussion. It is. But we've hit our 1 through 10s here. So we're going to take another break. And we'll come back to argue about what is going to be on this top 10. The unified list. So stick around. It's going to be tough. 
We got this. We sure do. Hello and welcome back. If you have made it this far, then you're probably enjoying yourself at least a little bit. In case of that, you should give us an honest review, but preferably good one. Or tell your friends. They should know about this. Thank you for listening. And now we move to phase two, where we will argue and decide. All right, Scott, let's make our mega list. Wow, I'm excited about that voice. I'm doing this to win every argument for the rest of the episode. I can understand why your wife likes it so much. Yes, it's uh, it's definitely going to work. <laughs> I cannot maintain it. You'll probably destroy your voice if you do that. Most likely. Okay, well, I, I think this is going to be a little bit difficult here for us to physically navigate. Yeah, go ahead and... Uh, as we're going through this, our combined Excel sheet, well, not Excel sheet, Google sheet that we're using here is going to be, man, this is going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be tough, but you know, given that you know all my songs and I don't really know all yours, I think it's obvious mine should go first and then we can put yours on. <laughs> you could decide on what order those go in. Well, I'm, on our document here, I've moved our top fives over. This is not necessarily binding. If there's an argument for something lower to make it on. That's you know potentially going to happen, but usually not what happens. Usually, it's our top fives. I don't. I don't know that any of my six through ten, unless you're feeling strongly about Super Mario or Guitar Hero three. I. Uh, I think. Easily the best on your list you've chosen properly. Mega Man 2, I think, is easily the best soundtrack on your list. And I'd be comfortable having that up high. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Because that's a, that is that. a that is a good that is a good ass soundtrack. I don't know about number one. Well, let's just leave it there for right now. Just mm-hmm. give it a couple minutes. See how it feels. Wiley, Ca- it Wiley, Wiley Castle one is very good. Yeah, Dr. Wiley's Castle. Dr. Wowie. You ever seen Mega Man 8 where they have the really, really catastrophically bad voice acting in the anime cutscenes? No, I don't think I have. The Dr. Light. The Dr. The Dr. Light talks like this and he says Dr. Wowie and he doesn't really enunciate any of his words very well. Hmm. Hire me as a voice actor. Um, okay. Only if Mega you Man. hire me first. Mega Man 2. I promise not to let you down. This is going to be amazing. Maybe we so, should start doing more voices. Maybe that's how we're going to get more people to listen yeah, to our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. That's 100% it. I'll do my Gollum voice. We're going to try to keep people on the show and not drive them away. Um, so what, do you, what, do you th- what are your thoughts on, on my top five? I, uh, I've, I've talked about Mega Man a little bit here. And I like yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what's, um, what connects with you in, in my top five here? So, of the ones that you played for me, I think the Final Fantasy VII Remake definitely ranks pretty high on the list. It's it's just, it's a great soundtrack, even though, you know, I haven't played it a ton. I think, for me, it's still recognizable. It's still, 
something that I've listened to outside of it. And I, I get a lot of the association to it for you to have boiled all of the final fantasy games down to a single game is already a difficult feat in and of itself. It sure is. And so putting that one higher on the list, I think makes sense. If you want to keep it in mind somewhere in like the top three or four, you know, Okay. Potentially seven remake up high. Yeah, like number three oh. maybe. What if what if we did a little bit of this? What if we had like a near number two FF seven remake number three? Oh no, I've done something bad. Hmm. Probably uh could probably think about that. Of the remaining ones that I have here, Skyrim, Banjo Kazooie, Terraria and old school runescape i know old school runescape is one that just you have no relation to specifically to the music having played the game but having muted yourself because we were at the library which is just such a shame i feel like you're depriving yourself you should probably go back 20 years and redo that can you can you do that uh without a time machine i cannot i can tell you though uh... that um you know, you I, I listened to multiple tracks that you posted um preparing for this episode on old school RuneScape. I did a little bit more research into that than anything any of the other things I know on here as well. And sure. even accounting for nostalgia, since I've played all the other games on your list except for as it turns out the expansion to Civ Five, so I didn't realize that specifically is what it was. Um I would say that I think I am less interested in musically what's going on in old school RuneScape than anything else on your list besides that Civ Five expansion. Because I think mm. the Civ Five music is fine and it works well in the context of the game, but it's certainly not anything I'm going to listen to outside of the game. Sure. I guess I am not surprised that you feel that way. And as much as I love old school RuneScape, I realize that it's a very one-sided conversation when you and I get together. So uh, I I will concede it at number 10. Okay. If Skyrim is immediately placed at number four, I think it's it's a no-brainer. The the beauty of of the Nordic adventure starts with the dragonborn theme and you feeling like you are the dragonborn and that doesn't start unless you hear those really throaty voices so the argument i'm going to make against skyrim here a little bit is dragonborn is an absolutely phenomenal track and i think the rest of the soundtrack is just fine hmm like like one of the most iconic video game songs like we talked about for sure sure but most of the rest of the soundtrack i think is it it is good it does a good job it it, it conveys what it needs to convey as you're going around exploring this world but there's nothing else from that game that i that i'm ever going back and listening to again it's just that one track that's unfortunate you're depriving yourself although that is the one track I probably listened to more than any. And this is, to be honest, one of the issues that I had when I was trying to evaluate like Halo 2, for example, because there's 
quite a bit of clout i think that i give it for those just those two songs but yeah like for me like if we want to talk if we're if we're having the argument for like best video game song then i'm considering Mm -hmm. stuff like dragonborn and stuff like the halo main theme way higher than i am here because those are those are some absolute bangers no doubt but if i'm looking at this as an entire soundtrack i feel like we need to stop using the word bangers Bangers and mash. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here okay, we'll put, okay. It, put it this way. Dragonborn slaps. Uh, the the Skyrim soundtrack does not slap. Okay, well, according l- to me, how about this? Because I think what you're saying is that Banjo Kazooie should actually be higher than Skyrim. So I would say yes, honestly. I think as a as a as an entire work, I think the Banjo Kazooie soundtrack is better than the Skyrim soundtrack. It is pretty great. Where Dragonborn is better than anything on the Banjo Kazooie soundtrack. That okay. Yeah, I, I guess I could see that. See I I hear a lot of the the other city town, like the Dragon's Reach or the Solitude soundtracks, like I can sure, still it's good. hear those. The other stuff is good. You know? It's just not excellent like dragonborn is i would say um and 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 again this is why i'm comfortable letting you know not fighting Mega Man 2 being up as high as it is and why i offered it up up front as something i think should rate highly is i think that is a really good soundtrack there's a ton of excellent tracks on it i'm shifting some things around here okay i think you're going to be okay with the choices that i've made oh you're populating a lot going on here Okay. Yeah, I've been doing some thinking while we've been having this discussion. Take take a gander at that. How do you how do you feel about that? Um uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna one through ten it here for what Scott has created here. Go for it. Number one, Mega Man two, two is near, three is Final Fantasy Seven Remake, four Banjo Kazooie, five Outer Wilds, six Fez, seven Skyrim, eight Terraria, nine Chrono Trigger, ten old school runescape. It is painful for me to see Chrono Trigger that low. Oh, here's it's my, not going here's above my, Terraria. Here's my next hot take. Terraria is a better soundtrack than Skyrim. Oh, man, you're having me fight against my own... Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can uh, manipulate this slightly. I, I actually think that Chrono Trigger is better than Fez. Okay. So I'm okay. going to... How about that? There's an argument for that. Okay, so after this shifting, the bottom half of the list, top half has moved. Six Terraria, seven Chrono Trigger, eight Fez, nine Skyrim, and ten Old School RuneScape. I'm more okay with this, honestly. Fez has fallen a couple of points. Um, a Chrono Trigger is at seven now, and and I, th- you know. I like the I Chrono think... Trigger soundtrack better than I like the Fez soundtrack. The Fez one was kind of underwhelming to me. It's, it's pretty pretty light. It is uh, heavy atmospherically, let's say. If you're not into more atmospheric stuff, hey, I get it. Chrono Trigger is a little more traditional-like here. Some more melodies to grab hold of. Mm-hmm. Which fits in with most of the rest of my music, but that Fez soundtrack for me just really clicks. But I think it's probably easily the pick on my top 10 that is the least for everyone except maybe loof trousers mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. 
in terms of things in my top five, Fez, I think, is is definitely the one that is the easiest to go. If someone tells me, well, I really don't like this, I'm like, okay, I get it. You're wrong, but I get it. I'm I'm just I'm reviewing the list here. Hmm. No, I, I think it's good. I think I think what we have here makes sense. Yeah, I think I'm comfortable with it. You know, I think we've we've given recognition. You know, Skyrim's fallen pretty far, but again, I you make a good argument for it though. It's, it's iconically really just that one song. Yeah, and I, I even I, if the I, other songs mean more to me, I'm not going to argue. Dragonborn is an extremely good track. If we were picking best single track on this list, I would probably want Dragonborn to be in the top. That might be in my top five. Maybe. Maybe top ten. We'll see. We, maybe know, maybe like another episode. It's another way. episode. Yeah, this is that's a tough conversation. But yeah, um, I think if we both agree, then we've got a list. Are you good, Scott? I think I'm good. Alright, st- start with ten. Do it up. Ten to one. Here we go. Number ten. Old School RuneScape from the composer Ian Taylor and others. Uh, number nine, Skyrim. Composer Jeremy Soule. Number eight, Fez, composer Disasterpiece. Number seven, Chrono Trigger, the composer Yasunari Matsuda. Number six is Terraria. Terraria? Terraria? Composer Scott Lloyd Shelley. Number five, Outer Wilds, composer Andrew Brollo. Number four, Banjo-Kazooie, composer Grant Kirk Hope. Number three, Final Fantasy VII Remake, composer Nobuo Oematsu. Number two, Nier, composer Keiichi Okabe. And the number one greatest video game soundtrack of all time, Mega Man 2, composed by Takashi Tateishi. So good. Really is so good. This is your chance right here. One more time, play, play that Dr. Wily theme. You know, it's not so playing good. on our call right now, but imagine that it was because I'll edit it in. So hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to us argue. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Our next episode will be posted in two weeks' time, and we intend to keep the bi-weekly release schedule. I feel like it's it's working out pretty well for us. We're able to to maintain it with some consistency. Now, thinking about our next topic, Josh, would you care to share? We're going to do another guest episode, and um, we're going to continue the trend of just picking my family members one by one, because apparently Scott's family either hates podcasts or hates him. Uh, Why not both? Why not both? Uh, My wife's suggestion for an episode is we're going to do the top 10 fictional dogs in media i guess we could just say fictional dogs top 10 fictional dogs my wife love absolutely loves dogs so this is an appropriate theme for her now i i'm gonna throw this out here are we saying it has to be a dog or are we using that term loosely hmm maybe we'll have to discuss this because i'm not 100 percent sure what you mean okay Let's think about it. 
come back. It'll be great. Is, is Naga from Cor- Legend of Korra eligible? Is Polar Bear Dog? Is Spot from The Good Dinosaur, which is actually a human, but effectively a dog in that movie? Is that I'm going to say no on that one. That, well, does come not, on. that does not count. He's a dog. No. My kids would argue otherwise. All right. We'll 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 establish rules between now and our next recording. Hmm. Okay. Well, this has been fun. It's been great listening to a lot of really good video game music. I had a What's good time. What's not to like? Okay. Well, I guess until next time. I've been Scott, and I've been Josh. And remember, with a little practice, you can argue your way into a friendship. That's a mega list.